It is officially becoming real with this. We are so looking forward to this, getting our first guest officially on UNW Athletics Flying with DP and Ryan. DP, also known as David Peterson. How are we feeling going into this episode? Well, they haven't shut us down yet. We are one for one, and we are really excited for what this week is going to bring. Ryan, two massive things to introduce here. You're going to introduce the second one. I'm going to start us off. I've been told a hundred times in my life, probably more than that, that I have a face for radio, but we are now simulcasted. This is going to be on YouTube. It's going to be on social media. So to everybody in my life, Ryan, who said I have a face for radio, you're right, but our bosses and the people helping us along with this have now said that we have a face for a simulcast too. So let's score one for us there. So we're really excited. The other thing, even more so excited, that we're going to announce is that we have an awesome guest, Ryan. Why don't you kick us off here, and we can start episode two of Flying with DP and Ryan here. Yeah, as you mentioned last time, David, you know, some people would ease into it, and they'd say, like, we need to build our way up to this. We jump off the cliff. We're jumping. We love cannonballs, right? I mean, if there was one dive we could take into the pool, I haven't even buckled my seatbelt. We're just flying. (laughs) We're just going. So we are pleased to welcome in, most of you already know who he is, obviously, but Dr. Matt Hill, Athletics Director here at the University of Northwestern. Dr. Hill, thanks so much for joining us. audience goes nuts. <laughs> thanks, gentlemen. Appreciate you uh, putting me on the show thanks, here. For, thanks a lot for being here. And, and I don't Eagle. take your ratings, that, I don't take your ratings <laughs> after day one. So, Well, let's just say this. Based on our first episode, there's only one way to go. Beautiful. Up. Thank you. So starting off, Dr. Hill, could you walk us through and the listeners as well how you became AD here at Northwestern? Is it something that was on your radar before you even got the position? What was that process like for you? So uh, I don't really have a traditional route toward college athletics, to be honest with you. And I'm not sure there is one. When I graduated from Northwestern as a proud alum, I walked across the stage and got a Bachelor of Science degree in marketing and walked, sat back to my seat and looked at my diploma and true story said, now what? I didn't know what to do. Had a marketing degree uh, and uh, didn't have an internship, didn't have a job lined up, had uh, four years of student loan debt, and uh, wondered what I was going to do. Um, worked for a couple of years in the airline industry. Actually loved that job, but it wasn't, a, it wasn't a decent paying job, and it wasn't a college grad job, if you will. So I uh, began praying about what, God, what steps God had in my life uh, after that, because I knew that wasn't going to be a long-term role for me. Uh, I don't think this is a blessing, but the company I was working for shut down, and I went back to grad school at Drake University to get a teaching degree and a coaching license so I could teach and coach. I really felt like I was being called to be in athletics in some way, and I enjoyed teaching. I I enjoyed coaching. So I did that for five years, and while I was a student at Northwestern, I worked in the sports information department for, for a wonderful man named Dennis Schrader, our very first SID He's in the Cosida Hall of Fame, if you know what Cosida is, uh, because of his 25 years of service. When I worked for him and he was retiring, he told the powers that be that just as the guy you need to hire in my, as my replacement. I was teaching coaching in Iowa. I uh, loved my job. My wife and I had just bought a house. Uh, my whole family's from Des Moines. I really was not looking to move, to be very honest with you. But I felt a tug to come and talk to the, the then uh, athletic director, Joe Smith, about the position. So not to t- belabor this too long, but after discussion with him, we, um, we moved up here in 1999. I came up as the assistant AD, uh, track coach, um, and sports information director 
three roles now that are all separate roles that I did as my first year. <laughs> so I think I worked four years in my first year. So actually, I, I have over 30 years of experience at Northwestern in 23 years, Ryan, just so you know. <laughs> but that's kind of the role. I mean, there's, and people ask me, how do you, how do you get in athletics? I don't really know, uh, besides, uh, besides working uh, in athletics as a student, a student worker or maybe as an intern or a volunteer uh, to get your foot in the door. Because it's really not super easy to get in college athletics, to be honest with you. Yeah, and as you mentioned, you pray on it, and you just you just go where the Lord the Lord led you. So speaking of that, I mean, you're not just athletic director, but you're doing it at your alma mater. And, you know, obviously you could maybe say, like, well, it'd still be fun at another place, but to sure. do it where you went to school as an undergrad, mm-hmm. how special is that for you? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not sure, Ryan, to your question, uh, if I could be an AD anywhere else. And I don't mean that um, like I could just jump and get an AD job. But I, I'm so ingrained in Northwestern as a student and how transformational it was to me, that I'm not sure that I could be an AD in another place. It, Northwestern's mission of what it does, and what we focus on, and what our vision is for our students and our student-athletes, to me is uh, the utmost calling in life. And uh, to infuse uh, Christ into athletics, into our academics, and those uh, whatever our students engage in, is a high calling. And I, I love this institution. Of course, I I have too many clothes that are purple that if I went to another school, I'd be in trouble <laughs> to clean my closet out. But uh, I love the school. I love what it stands for. And honestly, I love our student-athletes. They're amazing people. And my staff that I have at Northwestern, second to none. It's shown by their longevity of what, how long they've been here and, and what they've accomplished in their time. Yeah, we'll definitely get to that longevity uh, piece with your coaches as we go forward here. But I just want to touch real quick. Alumni, like you said, what was your experience as a student like? What, what was different in the campus? I always hear all these stories from some of the uh, quote-unquote older members of the staff. You know, this used to be a pool and this building wasn't here. What was that like? And then did you play any sports while you're here at Northwestern? So uh, let's see here. When I was at Northwestern back in the dark ages, the electricity <laughs> just came online. David. I was going to say, so is that think, literal dark? Like there, it was, the just, whole campus I'm was trying dark. To think what, yeah, when they had to fire up the generators at night. Uh, so I came in 1985. That's a long time ago. Uh, I came from Des Moines, Iowa without much money, and I was actually headed to a different university to run track and field. Uh, and I came to Northwestern because a friend of mine who was as poor as I was was going to school here who I happened to play basketball with. And he said, hey, come to Northwestern. So I came up here as a student. I participated in four sports. I actually led it in four sports. I'm not sure if I was good at any of them. But I, I, I wrestled. I ran cross-country one year because I liked to run and ran track, and I played football. And all four of those shaped my experiences because they're all different sports, but I met great people throughout that time. The campus is phenomenal. I mean, we used to go to a cafeteria. Where it really was like a mess hall. They slopped this in one <laughs> hole. That You know, you had a choice between water or ice water, you know, or skim or, skim or whole milk was basically. I mean, it, this campus is so much nicer. And people, I have alums go, oh, man, we didn't have that. I said, that's good because that means we're getting better. Exactly. I mean, this building, this building we're in right now doing this podcast didn't exist. The, the old radio station was in a was in a hallway basically. So all the facilities have really improved at Northwestern. The majors have gotten a lot better. The rigor of the academics is is really good, and the quality of athletics I think has has uh, excelled. And for the current Northwestern students listening to this, can you blow their minds and tell them where the cafeteria used to be? Where'd you where'd you used to eat lunch and dinner because the billy didn't exist? So we had the uh, the bottom of Naz was the cafeteria. Yeah, so the basement and Naz. Basement and Naz was cafeteria, and the lines were so long because there was only one way and one way out. You, it went all the way down the hallway if you bend down that hallway to the left. Sometimes you'd wait 35 minutes just to get into the, the, the serving area. The cool thing about that was, which I'll give you a little insider, uh, insider please, hint there, please. was uh, 
if you go in that building now and you get in that area, they have it's an arched ceiling. And it was that way because the Catholics could do speak to each other without microphones. So if you sit in certain spots, I could hear Ryan from, from 25 feet away if you whispered. <laughs> so you could eavesdrop so, really well. So, there, some great so information. There, was, there was no gossiping going on. In that was the grapevine right there. You, <laughs> you had to be careful. <laughs> came right from the horse's mouth. You could hear him on the other side of the phone. But, you know, Northwestern's really gotten to be a nice place, uh, both uh, facility-wise, but I think we've grown spiritually and our mission, what we're trying to do at Northwestern, I don't think has compromised in since I graduated here a long time ago. Awesome. Well, that leads me a little bit into my next question, facility-wise and, and things like that. Last episode, our inaugural episode, we did a pretty in-depth historical timeline of Northwestern athletics, and we were just curious. I mean, Ryan was kind of joking around saying I was the historian of the podcast, but, man, AD at a place for 24 years. This is going to be your 24th. You were the real historian. So what is the biggest most impactful thing you've kind of seen in the Northwestern Athletic Department in your 23-plus years here at Northwestern? What's your favorite? Um, that's a good question. If you say favorite, that's going to be tough. How, can I give you a couple here? I'll yes, give you a couple please, here. please. I would say first and foremost, the facilities have, have really improved. Yep. Um, honestly, when I played football, there was broken glass and sand on the field, and <laughs> you got a cut and you weren't sure where it came from. Is that from. a home field advantage? It or? could be. <laughs> okay. Uh, the moles had more right to the field than we did in the, in the, in the gophers. It just wasn't a nice facility, but we st- people didn't care. They still came to play. So the facilities have obviously uh, gotten to be super nice in Northwest. Can you talk us through that 2014 project with Reynolds Field? Because we all know you were a huge driving force in getting that done. Yeah, we started actually planning that in 2004. Uh, just what, what are our needs going to be? We met with the architect who said, what's the master plan here? What do you want to put here? Then we started getting drawings together, and we basically bulldozed every all every piece of grass in that area, eleven acres, uh, to the ground. And you know now, as if you see uh, the fields, obviously that we've utilized every square inch of that field. But it's really been great because you can utilize the fields for more than one purpose. I mean, that's why you practice baseball and the uh, you know practice football on the baseball field, soccer, and we can hold multiple events at the same time, which we couldn't before. The lights were extremely huge. We used to miss a ton of class. We missed we miss a two-thirds less classes than we used to because we can throw the lights on, lights on at night and, and work. That's also a curse because when DP <laughs> wanted to go home at 5.30, yeah, we're exactly. just, now we throw the lights exactly. on. He, he's <laughs> just getting started, and Ryan's, Ryan's producing a game at 9 o'clock at night when <laughs> in the old days we'd be at home. So, uh, you know, that, that's one. Facilities is one. I'd say staffing, and no disrespect to the people that are here early because they're great coaches, but they did everything, and they had seven roles for a full-time job. Some, some were full-time professors and head coach. We don't have anything like that anymore. Uh, you know, our sports information director when I came was the assistant football, assistant basketball, assistant baseball, and full-time phi ed professor. And he was sports information director. So you think about those jobs now, uh, that just wouldn't, wouldn't fly. So we've staffed it up. And that's been, I think, part of the quality experience for the student-athlete, too. So you don't want to hear me complain about workload, anything like that. It's <laughs> just fall go on to, deaf ears a just, little bit. Just go to Coach Gross. He'll tell you about the good <laughs> exactly, old days. Exactly, so. exactly. And then one other thing I wanted to ask you about, we talked a lot about last week, the transition to the NCAA. Just huge, right? I mean, it must have just been a really big process. We talked a little bit last week. There was a long purgatory. You know, we heard six years. So, again, our facts may have been a little no, cloudy. You're right, you're right. But can you talk about that transition? Sure. So in 2003 – our, the UMAC conference was falling apart. Uh, Mount Scenario was on the verge of closing and eventually closed. We were down to four schools, St. Scholastica and, and North, and we're looking at other conferences. So basically it was us and, and Martin Luther. And uh, I went to the president 
<clears throat> at that time, actually, I think Dr. Kiernan just started and said, this conference has to expand. We've got to grow this conference. Yeah, we were at NAI conference and an NCAA conference, but we were functioning as an NAI conference. So it's kind of confusing, I know, but some of our members were, were dual affiliated. And so we were at NAI co conference with non-scholarship. So we go play schools that were given 12 full rides and, you know, in, in a sport and we're giving zero. Just the field wasn't quite equitable. So we, we, two things, we decided to expand the conference. We went and we did tours of, and, and calls on Minnesota Morris, Bethany Lutheran, a couple other schools here in the cities that actually didn't come with us. We went on a membership drive, but we also said, we're really a Division three conference. We're non-scholarship. We're really a division. That's who we really fit best with. No one knows who the NAI is in Minnesota anymore. So having said that, uh, that's been a great blessing. 2008, we finally got it. You're right, DP. It was a six-year process. Uh, in 2008, we were granted the keys to the NCAA. In 2010, our conference became an AEQ conference. And since 2010 to now, we've had 37 NCAA appearances in national tournaments uh, in 12 years. That's awesome. That's awesome. Those are pretty good numbers. I mean, we want to continue to build those numbers, obviously, in the future, but that's, that's definitely something to build on. So you've talked a little bit about your coaches here and how you used to have so many roles, but one thing we want to touch on is the longevity that you see throughout the coaches here for all the athletic programs. What do you think is the key to keep so many coaches here 20-plus years, going on 30 years. And is that something that you're proud of when you look around and say, like, hey, I mean, these, these guys and these gals have been around here for pretty long? Well, typically, Ryan, when you're 20, starting year 24, you're usually the longest person in the athletic department. <laughs> I think I'm fourth. <laughs> no, we, we did that. Might even, I might even be fifth. I'm not sure. Uh, and that's pretty amazing. Yeah. When I tell people that, they really can't believe that. that our coaches, awesome. I think our average tenure is over 13 years. When you take the very first newest person we have to our to our longest standing member of our of our staff, uh, I think it speaks a couple of volumes. Number one, all of our coaches are mission minded, and they really believe in compete with purpose. They 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 are not compromising on the, the faith component of who we are at Northwestern and what we're going to be. So I think that they they feel an affinity to Northwestern beyond the paycheck every other week. I think the student athletes who uh, are something that really keeps coaches here because of that relationship. Such as it's such an intimate relationship when you share faith with somebody. It's a lot different than just sharing life with somebody. They can still be intimate, but when you share the hope and the future of eternity in heaven with, uh, with fellow believers and what that looks like now, once again, that solidifies that affinity to Northwestern. And I think it's a great place to work. We love each other. We enjoy being here at Northwestern. We feel supported by the community, both the administration and the faculty and the students. I think we've had some of the best attendance at our games recently, so we're hoping that we bring value to the campus, um, not just in in recruiting students, but a fun atmosphere. I think people realize this is a spot for them. You know, I've had coaches that have had Division One offers to leave, and they've turned them down. Wow. I have coaches that every, every year are poached by some other university. And I tell them, if you want to look, I'm your best, best advocate. I've, if, if it's time to look at some other opportunities, I'm going to be your number one supporter. And most of the time, matter of fact, almost every time, they decide not to uh, even entertain an offer from somebody else. That's awesome. We talked about last week, we did a trivia question for Ryan, and it was Coach Steve Teeson had been here 31 years. He was the third longest tenured coach. 31 years. He's not even in the top two. I mean, that's Amazing. that's awesome. That's a testament to what you've built here at Northwestern and the dedication of those coaches. Going along those lines, for a new student who's considering Northwestern, I know you're not a, a head coach of a team, so you don't always do the recruiting. Usually you hire the recruiters. But right now I'm going to give you a chance. How do you recruit a new student here to Northwestern 
what makes Northwestern athletics different? And you just mentioned compete with purpose. Can you touch a little bit on that? What does that mean? You know, coming to Northwestern, that's on the gym, that's on the field, compete with purpose. What does that mean? And what is a new student getting into when they come to Northwestern here? Well, I'll start with the first question there, DP, of the new student. I mean, if you want a, an institution where you're going to get a very good academic degree, where you're going to meet lifelong friends, a quick story. When, when I got married, my wife, um, said, we're going to have six people on, on her side. And I said, does that mean I have to have six people on my side? <laughs> That's she not said, enough. Yeah. It's not enough. She's like, uh, I was like, I got to find six friends real quick, you know? <laughs> so five of my friends that stood up with me were Northwestern alums, and one was a high school friend. I, you just make genuine, you guys know this. You guys, you make genuine lifelong friends in Northwestern. You do life together. There's good times and bad times. And uh, why there's not too many people I'd rather be around than the people, friends I've met at Northwestern in the bad times. And the good times are great too. So Northwestern is going to offer kids a great degree, a great atmosphere of, of sharing your faith. We, we compete at a high level. I mean, we, we want to win national championships. You know, we, we invest in facilities and coaches to do that. But ultimately, if it's a place where you want to grow in your faith, get a great college degree and have a great experience, I really can't think of too many other places you're going to have that Northwestern. How does that tie in with Compete With Purpose? Compete With Purpose is very intentional. It's trademarked. We, we own the rights to those three words in that, in that um, sentence, if you will. Compete With Purpose means that we're going to compete for a reason. A purpose is a reason why you do something. You go to the fridge for a reason to you know, grab some milk. You do things for a reason. Well, why, you should also compete for a reason. And that reason isn't just to hoist up the gold trophy at the end or the fastest time or the longest throw or, you know, a, a hole in one or whatever. It's really to glorify God. And in, your, in so doing, the outcomes are what they are. And if that's a win and we got 17 trophy cases that are full right now, great. If that's a loss but Christ was honored, great. And I think it's a backwards way of thinking about athletics. So when my book, Compete With Purpose, comes out, you guys can put my <laughs> book on this thing. Um, I'm, I'm really serious about the, the, our tagline. And I don't even like to use the word tagline because it's not just a tagline, it's who we are. Three core values, place Christ first. If we don't place Christ first in what we do, we're falling short. Second is invest in relationships. Your teammates, your coaches, your roommates, your professors, your colleagues, the person you work with at Target, uh, invest in relationships. And thirdly, pursue your best. I mean, we have weights in the weight room for a reason. And we leave the gates open to go work out for a reason. So pursue your best. I think God calls us to all three of those things. When the Israelites went to war, they put the Ark of the Covenant in front of them. That's where God resided, so to speak. They won the war. When they lost the Ark of the Covenant and taken away from them, they didn't win the wars. We place Christ first. This isn't a war we're in. These are games. So I don't want to compete with that. But, but knowing that God is in front of us, not behind us, beside us, or forgotten on the bus, makes a difference in how we play and how we compete. How proud do you get when you see a team lose like a hard-fought battle and then they're right there on the court or field praying with the other team that they were just battling with? Maybe, you know, football lacrosse, hitting against them, and suddenly they're praying after losing a hard-fought game. How proud do you get when you see something like that? I saw a picture last year. I actually took a picture last year of us playing Dubuque in lacrosse. And Dubuque was better than we were. And they beat us in lacrosse. I don't know the faith makeup of the gentleman on Dubuque's team at all. But when the game was over and they huddled up and one of the Dubuque players called all his teammates over and said, you all need to come here and experience this. And he brought all his team over to it and we prayed. And uh, it was touching for me to see the impact of Compete With Purpose, the impact of placing Christ first uh, has on not just that game, but potentially others who may be impacted by that and go back to their campus. 
uh, that's why it's all. That's what it's all about, DP. That's what, I mean. We're we're not called to hoist the earthly trophy. We're called to win hearts for Christ, and and love others. And I think that our athletes do a great job of that. Do you really feel like praying after losing an overtime game by two? I'm not sure, but it's obedience, and it shows what we're we have a higher calling than the number of bulbs on the scoreboard, whoever side they fall on. Amen. Amen. That's that's awesome stuff. So. This hits close to home for you personally as well. We talk a lot about your position here at Northwestern and over the last more than two decades as an AD, but I think you would agree you have a higher calling as a dad, as a father, and you have three kids and you're looking at, you know, what is the best path for them? And you had the unique experience this past year, your son Aaron, not only coming here to Northwestern, but he's one of those athletes that we're talking about on this campus can you talk about that new experience for you last year? Obviously, you're in the stands in the Erickson Center, out at Reynolds Field, on the road so many times, but now you're there, and you're not just watching all the other things you do. You're watching your son on the pitch. What was that like for you? Yeah, really proud of Aaron. Uh, he's really dedicated himself to, to be a good athlete. Uh, he's put the time in, a uh, fine young man. Uh, you know, always can, Dad's always going to be a little harder on him to do things better, faster, lift more, eat better you know, work out more, but that's what dad's, you know, that's part of our DNA. Uh, it's been really, really a joy for watching everybody else's kids go through here for 22 years to watch my own son come through. And my oldest son, uh, Ryan, would be here running track uh, if we had his major, but he's at the University of Minnesota. So I would have two here. Ryan would definitely be here running track and, and would greatly fit in the community. So unfortunately, he doesn't get to experience the same thing that his brother does. But being able to cheer on your son and being a parent uh, obviously gives you a different perspective um, than the AD or the coach when I came in and coached as a, as a track coach. So really fun, enjoyable. Uh, I got to make sure that I just I, do, I keep my comments to myself because, uh, you know, uh, I'm an encourager, and that's my role. <laughs> so I do usually sit in the sands instead of being on the sidelines. Um, and my wife and I get to sit and watch and enjoy his games, which I haven't done for, for, you know, ever here at Northwestern with my wife very much. She doesn't come to a whole lot of games, so it's kind of fun. We can come cheer him on and, and watch him compete and and hopefully he's having a great uh, experience here at Northwestern, and, and it's really having a uh, transformation on him too. I mean, I want to go back and touch on what you were saying there. When you are sitting and watching one of those games, is it tough to flip the switch and say, like, yes, it's still Northwestern. You obviously want them to win, but you're watching him specifically. He's the one you've watched play for, you know, decade-plus, I'm sure, soccer growing up before coming here. Is it tough when you're sitting that that, that spot to flip the switch? It's tough in the sense that I've watched him play. He played for White Bear Soccer Club for many years, and uh, and he's in a, he was in a different role last year. He's not typically a defender, and, and, and Coach Wheaton moved him back to defender because he's got some speed, and so he would be the guy that would you know, come back. So watch him play a new role. I always wanted to like give him tips and hints, and then I started thinking to myself, I know way less about soccer than he does, <laughs> and I know even way, way less than Coach Wheaton does. And it's really not my role. You know, I think, I think society would be better. If you do a podcast on youth sports, bring me back sometime. I think what youth sports is missing the boat on many times. A parent after, during a game should, should be an encouragement. And after the game, the first thing you should say to your kid is not, Ryan, you, you, you had an open shot and you didn't take it. It's, what do you want at Dairy Queen, Ryan? Yeah. You know, love you, bud. Great, great effort. I mean, let's, you know, let's go for a bike ride when you get home. You can talk about the game later. So many people come and hammer this kid right away with the things they did wrong or could have done better. You should have shot the ball. I mean, there's times I'm thinking, Aaron, you missed a really open, a great time to take a shot there. And, you didn't, you didn't take it. But you know what? Who cares? Yeah. Who cares? Uh, I, one thing I really appreciate about Aaron is Aaron has been a f phenomenal passer in his career. He likes to have other people score. 
Yeah. And I think that's kind of, I appreciate that about him because there's times he probably could have scored in his club and high school team, but he really takes pride and joy in, in playing the game. And he's been trained really well by his, by his coaches have to play the game the right way and not be selfish. And I really appreciate that about him. Uh, as a parent, sometimes like, man, that goal was yours, buddy, but you, you hit it over somebody else and they tapped it in. I couldn't be more proud of those type of situations, though. And I think he, he takes pride in knowing that he helped a teammate accomplish a goal or, or maybe the teammate had a better look, and so he sent it over there. And, and maybe he should have shot the ball. I don't know. Sure. You know what I mean? I'm not sure. My role is to be a cheerleader support. Sometimes it's difficult as the AD, seeing that larger picture of everybody else. I do want people to know that he's not more important than anybody else on the team. He doesn't start or play because his dad's the AD. I made that very clear with the coaching staff when I came on is that he has to earn every spot he gets, every minute he gets. And if he doesn't, then you put him where he falls. Yeah. And, uh, and I mean that to the, because it's, he's a player at that point in time. He's not my son in a sense. Now when I'm in their stands, he's still my son. He can't take that. But he doesn't get any special privileges over anybody else. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, I really appreciate that in-depth kind of look at the soccer team. Let's talk some X's and O's real quick. Sure. The fall season's getting ready to start Let's here. Go. The fall athletes move in tomorrow. The football guys have been here for a few days. They're making themselves at home. Let's talk some fall sports. You had two fall conference champions last year, and we talked about it last week on the uh, on the podcast, first episode. You have volleyball, who's won it many, many, many times. And you have women's golf, who kind of is on the other spectrum, won it for the first time. So two champions coming back, some other teams that are going to be right there in the mix in the fall. What are just some things, as you look at the overall fall teams, what are you really excited about this season? What sports are you really looking forward to get to watch? You know, kind of just give us your overview of the fall season here for Northwestern Athletics. Sure. Well, Kids always try to put me in a pigeonhole and say, "What's your favorite sport?" Uh, exactly, which I don't mean <laughs> to do. We, you're going to be at all. It of has them to watching. be men's soccer. I'm going to. No one can complain with that. That's right. Well, know? exactly. <laughs> I'm going to be a very political DP, but but I do mean this in all reality. I love all of our student athletes, whether it's a cross country runner who never has anybody come cheer for them at a meet, or a football player who has you know three thousand people on the stands rooting for them. They're all important. I'm looking forward to all of our student athletes coming back. About July, you get a little antsy. Junior, ready for a break. July, you start getting the antsy, and when August 1st hits, it's like, okay, let's, let's, let's get this show on the road. Yeah. That's what we're here for. Uh, you know, volleyball returns a phenomenal squad. They lost Sydney. Um, you know, they lost some talent, a ton of talent there. Um, but uh, they return a ton of talent, too. Yep. I think they're maybe even ranked in the preseason in the top 10. Some, some hints are they might be in the top oh, 10 to start the season. Oh, inside scoop. Okay. Yeah, so, <laughs> Let's start you know, marketing that. That's yeah. right. I don't want to put an arrow, you know, a, a bullseye on their back yet. But, I mean, and that's well-deserved, I think, because they got a squad that came back that almost made the Sweet 16 last year, a very good run Sweet 16, and eventually, you know, got knocked out and, uh, by a great squad and, and battled the national champions uh, yeah. during the season. So I think the four losses for volleyball last year were all the ranked teams, that, I think, yep. if I'm not mistaken. Yep. So um, looking forward to that. It's a fun sport to watch. Uh, North, you know, Coach Wells does such a great job. Uh, uh, Coach Pettis back. You know, he's going to fight for a conference championship again this year in soccer. And he's got Megan Moeller back, who scores bowls, uh, goals in bunches. Yeah, he's got a good squad coming back. He's got, you know, uh, a tougher schedule this year a little bit, but I think he's fired about that. Men's soccer's never won the conference championship. Uh, it's, one of those, it's one of the teams that hasn't. Hopefully they can battle. The men's conference is very good in soccer. Uh, it's gotten better actually in soccer too, so it's not an easy path. Uh, football had a record number of recruits come in this fall. Uh, you don't rely on freshmen though, so you can't really say that's they're going to carry us. But I think the future is bright for football. We got a great coaching staff who's really gotten hard after for recruiting. 
Um, you know, and, and then, of course, golf's back. The men have a good squad. They've got a couple of new students that have come in. Women were conference champs last year in NCAA qualifiers. A lot of girls uh, back as well. A lot of girls back. So the fall sports are heating up. Uh, and winter's not that far away, to be honest with you. Yep. And with some NCAA changes that will get voted on in January, there'll be some extra time to spend more time with student-athletes. So it's, uh, it's, I'm fired up about the fall, and, uh, and it just rolls right into spring or winter and spring. Awesome. Is uh, Northwestern going to be joining uh, UCLA and USC in the Big Ten? Uh, I feel like I had some requests that we ask you that. What's uh, the SEC, what, Big Ten, what's, what direction is Northwestern headed in there? Well, if I get mail once every year uh, from somebody saying, hey, you know, Penn State, we're coming to play you at Northwestern. Uh, where can we stay? And I'm like, well, you can stay at the Country and Suites right next to us. You know? Get a little confused. A little, little, with little the wrong North, Northwestern, wrong same Northwestern. colors, right? But um, – yeah, that's interesting. Uh, you know, there's changes in the NCAA coming, and I serve on the management council of the NCAA, and, and there's some big changes coming in the next few years probably. Uh, there's some more. Uh, you know, I think the Big Ten wants to go to, go to 20 schools at some point in time. Yeah. You're going to probably see three conferences, and they may become their own association at some point in time. But there's some changes that happen. Division three is a stable division. It's great. We're the non-scholarship arm of Division three of the NCAA, and I think people appreciate that. And so um, I love being NCAA Division three. Uh, I really – I have friends in Division One, and a friend of mine's a high up in one. And I said, "Well, you get paid a lot of money, so I take an aspirin for every dollar I make." <laughs> so I, I don't, I don't need that. Work-life balance for sure, and that's, then that's right. you know, life balance for the students as well too. It's not just all about their sports. Correct. So that makes it a really, really good experience. Really appreciate your time here. I got one final question for you as we wrap things up. Twenty-three years as the athletic director at your alma mater. What are you most proud of? What does it mean to wear that Northwestern logo every day? Um, just kind of final thoughts as, as you leave us here um, on the podcast. Just final thoughts of the 23 years you've been the athletic director here. Uh, well, gentlemen, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Yeah, this has been a lot of absolutely. fun. Thanks and, for coming uh, on. And I uh, appreciate it. 23 years is a long time. I think, the, I think the proudest moments for me come when I get an email, a letter from a parent or from a former student athlete whose life was changed while they were here. Uh, you know, I'm now working X, Y, Z, and uh, my time at Northwestern was really transformational. That's why we're here. That's what validates why we, what we do. They don't remember, most of them don't remember the wins and losses. They might even remember the wins and losses. But they remember the relationships they formed here and how their faith grew. I had kids, one, I specifically remember one football player who wrote me a long letter, and I couldn't tell if it was teardrops that had fallen on the white paper. This is when people actually use paper and pen. <laughs> or, or um, you know, he had spilled his Diet Pepsi, I don't know, but we'll say tears. We'll, we'll go say with tears. That. I actually would think it was tears. He said, "I regret at Northwestern. All I did was take, 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 take. I never gave. I never felt like I was giving back to my teammates and to my coaches and to my roommates. Like I was absorbing everything, and 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 not in a great way." He said, "I am Northwestern changed my life." And he said, "I regret not being a giver while I was here." He said, "Please encourage students to." To, to open up and be, a, and be um, somebody who's vulnerable while they're here and a part of the community. Uh, that's my proudest moment, DP. Whenever I get somebody who writes something back, comes visits. I had an alum. I went for a run at, or I guess you call it a run at lunchtime today. I moved for three miles. And when I got back, one of our alums was there, and, he, and we sat in a park bench, or the bench right outside the, uh, the back door, probably talked for 20 minutes about his experience and how he left Northwestern one way, and it hit him by a ton of bricks about three years later, what that impact had on him. And now as a dad who's going to have a daughter at Northwestern, what that, how that shaped him. There's nothing better than that. 
if we can if we had to throw the trophies away for for stories like that throw them away that's what makes me most proud of being here i'm an eagle alum i'm proud of our athletes too and what they accomplished on and off the field and uh and i once again can't imagine being anywhere else than, than UNW. That's incredible. Well, thank you so much for the time. And I just want to add to you talk about the impact that Northwestern athletics are having. You're so quick to give credit to your coaches and your staff. And as somebody who is on your staff in a couple different roles as a coach and in sports information, we all know the impact that you're having. And it wouldn't be possible without you too. Ryan will probably accuse me of just kissing up, but no, I, I agree. I, I genuine, agree genuinely yeah. mean that. And, to have you here talking about Northwestern Athletics, just an awesome, awesome second episode for us. I feel like we may have set the bar a little too high having you so early. <laughs> I don't you know about that's, that. That's a little uh, dangerous. We want the other coaches to have someone to live up to. Exactly. Uh, they're yeah. they're going to have their hands full because this was <laughs> awesome. Ryan, I'll let you close us out. But thank you so much, Dr. Hill, for your time. Thanks, yes. gentlemen. Really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for your time. And, folks, thanks for listening. We hope we continue to ascend and ascend from here, David, and the only way is up. And I don't know, right now, are we are we starting to move down the runway? Like, we're, we may not be in the air yet. Are we in the air? We're, we're I don't airborne. Know. We're airborne. We're airborne? We, we, okay. we're, we've been pushed off the cliff. We are, are – okay. <laughs> we got a good pilot, I, I have a question. Are we – I feel like we've done this analogy – Half and half, like as a plane and as like a bird. Are we a plane or a bird? Are we flapping or do we have a I've, pilot? I've been rolling with the plane metaphor, but whatever floats your boat. I don't. I we don't might have to there. think about that because I yeah. feel like I've gone back and forth. One, I almost said flap your wings. Then I'm like, put your trade tables up. We got to figure out that part of the metaphor. But whatever we'll it is, it. we are airborne. Yeah. And if you have any suggestions, folks, I mean, I think is is this an okay time to announce this? Light it up. Let's go. We it's would, open. We would love to hear any and all feedback that you have for this podcast. Just have. Just compliments. We, yeah, I mean, David can get a little sensitive, but I'll take, sensitive. I'll take any of the feedback. Uh, we have an inbox, and it is open anytime, 24 hours a day. Write this down, folks, all right? Get a pen, piece of paper. Here it is. UNWFlyingPod at gmail.com. That's all one word. UNW. No caps. FlyingPod, that's P-O-D, at gmail.com. And we'll be checking that as often as we can. And we would love to hear from you. As we mentioned the last time, David, this is for the people. It yeah. always will be for the people. None of these student athletes, though, are actually getting out a pen and paper. They're, put, they're putting it in their notes on <laughs> their phone. That works, too. So yeah. you can put it in your notes on your phone. Don't let Ryan scare you with actually getting a pen out, writing it down. Put it in your notes. That's all I have for this one, David. Do you have any parting words? No, Ryan, great job, man. Same to you. We look forward to catching you next time on UNW Athletics. You are flying with DP and Ryan.